What is going on, everybody? It is the Unlike Any Other, the UMAC podcast coming to you here. Recording currently on a Thursday night, October 28th. Got the Packers-Cardinals game on, a great Thursday night football game. But more importantly, Ryan, tonight we get to talk more UMAC basketball. Should be a fun night. Uh, how how you doing tonight, Ryan? I'm doing well, Wyatt. Can't complain. It is right around the corner, right down the hall, as I mentioned last time. We could hear footsteps. I'll just put it that way. It is that close. Players will be lacing them up in just a few nights, so we can just about taste it. I can't complain. Yeah, I know we'll put this in the description as well, but as I mentioned, recording on the 28th of October, this will be released on Wednesday, November 3rd, just for reference. And the reason I say that is because We've got a lot to get to tonight. Later on in the episode, we'll be looking at the upcoming games here to kick off. Well, it's basketball, Wyatt, not football. I'm I'm in a football mood. But we're going to be tipping off the upcoming season for both the men's and women's side of things. We're also going to talk to a couple coaches here tonight, Ryan. And uh, there's just a lot of good stuff to get to. But that's actually where we're going to begin here tonight. We've got a very special guest joining us here at the beginning of the show. And why don't you go ahead and bring them in. We're excited to welcome head coach of the Minnesota Morris women's basketball squad, Tim Grove, to the program this evening. Coach, thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate you guys having me. You're you're doing a great job on the podcast, and I'm uh, very happy to be able to come on and help you guys out. Happy to do it. Well, uh, we'll see what you say about that after this interview. Hopefully we can uh, <laughs> keep that reputation. So well, I start... You, I, I will tell you first of all, though, after you know having us picked fifth in the league, uh, <laughs> that, you know that maybe is is a place to start. No, I'm just kidding. Hey, bulletin uh, board material, coach. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So starting off, coach, I mean, how have practices been for you guys here for this last week and change coming into the season? A lot more normal versus last season. How's it been to have a more normal buildup, if you will, to a full season here this year? It's been great. It's just been nice to get back in the gym, um, to have some consistency, um, to be able to rely on on uh, a more stable um, schedule and uh, expectations, and it's it's really been good. I think uh, I just got off the floor now, and we had our 11th practice tonight, and uh, it's just nice to be in the gym, nice to be back with the team. Um, we're all excited about uh, about the season and just having the opportunity for as you say, a more normal season. Last year was difficult for a lot of a lot of teams and a lot of places. Uh, there was really inconsistency in terms of what teams were able to do. So it's just nice that uh, to have teams back and and um, have a more, I guess, a more consistent uh, late fall here has just been just been great and it's been fantastic to get back in the gym. How's the spirit of your players been coached this year? How's their maybe attitude and mood if you will been a little different this fall versus last season yeah it's been great you know I, I will credit them I, I thought we handled things last year very very well so um, I certainly don't want it to sound like like we had issues last year because we really didn't rate we uh, uh, I thought the team did a great job of handling all the things that came our way very very well last year uh, but in terms of, of mood and spirit this year it's been high you know it's it's just been great we're excited to be back in the gym um, excited about uh, getting on the floor for real next week, um, and just having that opportunity to to continue to be together as a team and and do the things that uh, that we want to do. You know, there's a reason they came here, which is to get a great education, but also to have basketball a big piece of what they do. So it's nice to have that opportunity this year in a more normal setting. Now, Coach, we didn't give you the heads up here before, but my job tonight is to get to know you a little bit better. So I'm going to ask some more questions that are. Uh, around you and the first one I got for you is let's say you're coming off of a big win where are you going for that post-game meal what's your favorite place to eat after a big win <laughs> are we here in Morris or are we on the road somewhere? sure how about one um, of each let's let's go one of each you know um I I'm stumbling a little bit here because there really isn't that one go-to place uh I usually head home I head home and see the family um that's my favorite place to be honestly so after the big win um, it's, it's home with the family. If, if we decide to go out somewhere, it's going to depend on, was it an, you know, the, the afternoon slot on a Saturday or was it a Friday night? 
Um, you know, so it's probably most likely that we would go home with the family and, and order up some pizza and, and enjoy it uh, as a group there. But um, those are special, special times. And, and uh, certainly for me, it's, it's surrounded by family. So I think that'd be the big thing. Um, and if we're talking about a big game on the road, those plans have probably already been set, I guess. So it's going to be uh, the post-game Chipotle or whatever it might be, wherever we're at. So, um, but both both feel great. You know, those those big wins are are special, and uh, and yeah, it'd be un-American if we didn't celebrate with food, right? So, um, yeah, those are those are fun times. No, absolutely. I'm not going to knock you for any of those answers. That's that's fantastic and and good to know for sure. So, Coach, going back just briefly once more to last season, what were the biggest challenges throughout last year? You guys, like so many teams, got started and then got stopped again and then got rolling again and then got stopped again. What were the biggest difficulties for you personally that you had to face last season? Yep, I think so much of of coaching and teaching and those types of things is is the the common theme usually is control what you can control, right? I mean, you hear that in a lot of different places, but as coaches, I think that's something we talk about a lot. And last year, there were a lot of things that we couldn't control that were, that were, that were happening, right? Um, we might have a game scheduled that we couldn't play, and that's something that was completely out of our hands. So, um, you know, the, 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 the stoppages in play, um, thankfully for us, were not a result of anything that we did. Um, you know, we were able to to continue on with with our season. The games we weren't able to play were a result of of some of you know issues with opponents that uh, that we had had. And so the message just continued to be control what you can control. You know, do the things that we have to do in order to be uh, as healthy as we can be and and get through our season um, and that type of thing. So for us, it was it was just that that common message of you know ownership. Right, control what you can control, and uh, that was the big thing for us. And and you know there were some frustrations in in obviously the season and, and not being able to play a full season and those types of things. But um, certainly also on the flip side of that is just being thankful for what we were able to do. Uh, and you know we were able to get a ten game season in last year. Certainly wasn't uh, as much as some other teams, but it was more than a lot of other teams as well. So we were thankful for the opportunities that we have and we just wanted to make the most of those yeah coach the good news is this year you guys are back to more of a regular slate if you will which means you will for sure be making that trip to northland to take on the lumberjills let's say you go on that long bus ride or any long bus ride for that matter what are you doing for that period of time are you the kind of guy that likes to put some headphones in you taking a nap i mean how do you like to best use your time leading up to a game like that yeah, that's a great question. It's typically podcasts. Um, uh, I'm a, a podcast guy. Um, usually, it's I'm, I'm a Colin Cowherd fan. I don't know if that's going to turn people off or not, but I am a Colin <laughs> Cowherd fan. I listen to the herd quite a bit, but uh, um, also lately, I've been getting into like Dateline podcasts, uh, Dateline on NBC type of stuff, and you know those mysteries. And what's nice about those, you can find some two hour podcasts or some forty minute podcasts, and and uh, that type of thing. They've got some good series on those as well. So people are looking for something fun to listen to. Um, those are kind of neat. But I do that, and and you know, there's always there's always things you can do. I I try to make a goal to find a way to improve our program every day. So whether it's I'm on the road uh, writing recruiting letters or um, trying to improve our program in some way, I usually try to take that time on the bus to do that. Um, I'm not one that can read very well on the bus, so I I don't do that. But uh, it's it's podcasts and it's it's visiting. Uh, coach Lou is a visitor. My um, now associate head coach uh, Lulu Seely. She loves to visit and and we spend a lot of time on the bus just just visiting as well. So um, take advantage of that time. It's it's uh, uh, there's no way to get it back, right? So you want to take advantage of the time you have on the bus and and so it's trying to improve the program and and continue to build relationships with those people around you. Why and I are uh, big fans of podcasts as well, Coach, so we can uh, definitely understand that answer. Great way to kill some time, if you will. So you guys kick off the season Friday night against Concordia, whether it's for the people who are going to be watching that matchup or throughout the rest of the season. If you could define your team's identity, what you want people to see from your club this season, 
in three or four words if you could. What do you want people to say once they watch a Cougar basketball game walking away? They can say, you know what? I think the identity of this team is what? Fill in the blank. Um, this is not a cop-out answer, but we are still working on that. We are still working on what our identity is going to be. Um, leading into a season, you you think you have an idea, but you know at, at the Division three level, we just have – no on the floor contact with our with our players until October fifteenth, and so if we were at another level where we we could have players in the gym and do some of those things, it'd be a little different. But uh, as I mentioned, we're only eleven at, at at the time that we're recording this. We are eleven practices in, and we are still um, trying to get to know our players real well. Um, we uh, just recently found out about uh, 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 an injury on the team here that will have a huge impact for us moving forward. Um, so that will certainly affect what identity we have. Um, and so those are things that we really try to figure out. Uh, in the past, I think if uh, you were to watch the Cougar women's basketball team, I would hope that um, the things that, that would, would stick out to you would be um, that we are a transition team. You know, we'll take advantage of, of transition when we can, that we compete very well. Um, on every play, whether it's offensively or defensively, that we are always competing. Uh, and I would hope that, that teams would say that we play hard. And um, those things should, shouldn't change no matter what our other identity pieces are. I think if we are playing hard all the time, um, I would hope that, that people walk away uh, saying that, that we play hard, that we are fun to watch, and it looks like the team themselves are having a lot of fun to play together. If we're if we're putting that off, then um, uh, then we're doing things right. Yeah, Coach, I'm, I'm going to go with a serious question now to come back at you because what you just said there I kind of want to get into here just briefly. Can you think of some of the teams you've coached in the past, whether they've been just your favorite to coach the most successful, what is one characteristic with all those teams that if you could take from them and put into this year's team or your hope for this team this year to have that characteristic, what would it be? I would say um, just the the work ethic piece, right? Our our best teams have always had just a tremendous work ethic and a and a desire to continue to improve. Um, and not to say that our our lesser successful teams haven't had that, but that's been something common in the in the the most successful teams we've had. They just um, they're going to go out and and outwork you. Uh, sometimes we've had really really great talent that. Um, didn't always have to play its best to, to be able to be successful. And there were times that we knew we had to outwork people uh, in order to to get the result we wanted. And um, the best teams that, that we've had here have, have had that in common, that they were really workers. They showed up daily uh, wanting to improve. Um, you know, they had a, a, a desire to continue to improve. And and I think that's probably the, the real common thing um, that I've seen from those teams, and and if I could interject one thing throughout the season, it would be that just that uh, that desire for that continued improvement and show up every day and work. We've certainly had that early this season. I certainly hope that continues. Coach Wyatt and I have watched plenty of UMAC basketball over the years, and we think we have a decent idea of what to expect from the teams up and down the conference. But maybe for someone who's newer to the conference, newer to following your squad. How would you define this league? It maybe doesn't get the most exposure across the country, but if you could define UMAC women's basketball, what you're seeing on a night-in, night-out basis, how would you define what you see in this conference? Uh, two words would be drastic improvement. Um, and I think that in a lot of circles, we're, we're looked at as as the little sister, little brother to the MIAC, you know, the, the strong Division III uh, uh, league that's right here. Um, and that a lot of us compete against. I know a lot of our teams complete, compete against teams in the MIAC, and we we really take those games seriously and want to want to really represent our league when we play teams in the MIAC. And um, but I do firmly believe that our our teams are continuing to improve all the time, uh, top to bottom. Uh, I think our top teams have always been pretty good, um, but we've had times where our, our bottom teams have not been been very good and I think that is changing um, you're seeing you're seeing some of those teams continually improve and continually improve and and 
there are no nights off anymore, um, and that's good for our league. I think that's going to continue to be that way. Um, and and the teams that are are you know really fighting to to put themselves in position to make the playoffs um, on a year in year basis, I think they will continue to. Uh, improve and and it's not going to be a situation where we have a night off in the conference. Um, that's something I really appreciate on the on the men's side. You know, there's there's uh, you watch games there and you could have a matchup between the quote unquote eighth team and you know a, a playoff team and that game is going to be a great game. And we haven't always had that on the women's side, but I think we're getting to a point now where um, that's that's not the case anymore. We're, we're going to have those good games night in and night out in our league and. And so for, for someone that, that hasn't seen it as much, it's that one thing about these the teams are getting better. And our top teams are really good. Uh, the teams that, that everyone knows are going to be good this year, you guys mentioned it on your, on your pod before, uh, you know, the top three teams with, with Bethany Lutheran and Northwestern and North Central, those teams, I'd put them up against anybody last year, right? And there were teams that we even competed with last year, not as, as, as much in the playoffs. North Central really kicked our butt when we went there in the playoff. Um, you know, but it was, it was a situation where we, we felt we had the team that could compete, even with the top teams in our league. So it's that continued improvement by everyone in the league, and, and our top teams are, are continue to be really, really good. Uh, and I think that, that the product on the floor this year is, is going to be really good as well. You started to allude to it a little bit there, Coach, near the end, but what's going to be the difference for your squad this year if they do make that little bit of a jump? Just looking at last year's standings, you guys in the number four slot at 3-3, three and three, you get more of a traditional build through the non-conference this season. What's going to be the key for you guys down the stretch as we head into late February to have that opportunity to be playing you know, in a UMAC semifinal, potentially UMAC title game? What's going to be the key to just climb a little bit further this season? Well, I think I think a couple things for us, and and some things that we are really focusing on this year, uh, and I uh, kind of alluded to it before um, with with potential injuries that we have, you know, on the, on the team and how that's going to affect things moving forward. Um, we're going to be pretty guard oriented this year, and um, not to say we can't score inside, um, but it, we're going to be we're going to be pretty guard oriented, which is pretty common, I think, at this level. Uh, but the, the best teams in the league have solid interior play. And so we were hoping to really really make a jump uh, in that regard this year. Um, but if, if we're going to be able to compete with teams down the road, I think uh, if you look at shooting percentages, from particularly from the three-point line, I think we need to be a good three-point shooting team if we're going to be able to compete. Um, we had a, a scrimmage recently and, and shot the ball really well from the three, so I'm hoping that continues. Uh, but if you were gonna gonna you know make me say one thing that would be a key for us, I would say three point percentage is gonna be among the most important things for us. If we can knock down threes, I think we're gonna be really really tough. If we're struggling from that uh, that level, which which we have a little bit in the past, um, then I don't think we're gonna be as successful as I'm hoping. But uh, that that shooting from the new three point distance is gonna be crucial for us. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll write that one down and keep an eye on it now that you're letting us know that. We'll see how that goes throughout the year. Coach, I'll uh, end with this, and then we'll let you get on your way. As I mentioned before and alluded to, you're going to get the opportunity to play in every single gym in the conference again this year, so I got to know, outside of your home court, where's your favorite place to play in this conference? Um, great question. Uh, as much as I like to go out and see Coach Tuck out at Northland, that's that's too far of a drive. Um, <laughs> and uh, I guess you know the, the the easy answer for me, and it's it's not just because you guys are on, but I always do enjoy uh, going down to Northwestern. Um, the people down down there are fantastic. I've I've developed a really good uh, coaching relationship with with Coach Call, and and uh, so it is always fun to go down to Northwestern. And I don't know if you guys have time for a quick story, but I was I was thinking about this uh, earlier today. You know, the, the the camaraderie in our league is is fantastic. I talked to coaches in other leagues, and and they uh, they just mentioned how much how much fun it is to play teams in our league because we we take time to to visit with coaches and those types of things. But even within our league, I think the camaraderie between the the coaches and even the teams themselves is really good. Um, I, I enjoy when we have a chance to, to sit down and, 
and visit with the coaches and even just the pregame stuff is just just a lot of fun to connect with our coaches. But taking you guys back a few years, this was we had a game here uh, in Morris against Northwestern, and this is probably this was probably. I don't know, this would have been one of uh, Coach Call's first years. I would say this is maybe, I'll say, eight years ago or so, and I could be off by a year or two. Um, but we had developed a pretty strong relationship by then, and uh, we're visiting before the game, and this is back when the, the women always played first. So we were here in Morris, down on the floor, and uh, teams were warming up, and they were just about to go in for the for the pregame. You know, they the early games, you can come out and use the floor or whatever. So uh, they're out there until about, whatever, 25 minutes on the clock. And so our teams are leaving the floor, and Coach Call and I are standing there visiting, and we're making our way toward the hallway. And, uh, he, and we had just commented earlier in the conversation about, you know, at this point, there's really everything that uh, – there's there's no secrets between the teams, right? So we're making our way off the floor, and he looks at me and he says, "Well, what do you think? You take mine, and I take yours." <laughs> and we're walking off the floor. I said, "Are you serious?" He said, "Sure." So the the way it's set up here in Morris is the the locker room that the visiting women's teams use is right outside the gym door. So I said, "If you're serious, sure." So he goes, "Go ahead." And so I walk into Northwestern's locker room. And so as, as you, for those that haven't been in there, you, you come in and there's, there's this wall of lockers to the right side and the actual wall on the left side. So you have to come in this kind of little hallway where nobody can see you. And then you, you, you turn the corner around these lockers and then there's where the team is. So knowing full well that he'd have things on the, on the, the whiteboard, I was going to make sure I didn't, uh, you know, break any trust there or anything, but he's like, Oh yeah, go ahead. So I come in the locker room and he's coming in behind me. And I turn the corner and I see his team sitting there and I go into this coach speak stuff, you know, the, just the normal pregame stuff. Yeah, let's go out there and play hard and all this stuff. And of course, by that time, a lot of the players obviously know who I am. You develop relationships with the players. So those that were returning kind of started laughing like this is hilarious. Right. And so I spend about 15 seconds just like I said, going through this coach speak stuff. And we're all kind of laughing. And I said, all right, go out and have a great game. And I just turn and, and I leave. And the funniest thing about this thing, yes, the returners were laughing and giggling and having a great time. But before I reached the, the door, I overhear somebody say, who was that? <laughs> so, that was one of the funniest things that happened. And Coach Call and I still bring that up in conversation about just how funny that was. And I can't imagine that going on in any other league or, frankly, probably with any other teams. Uh, but just the, the relationship we had and, and the, the camaraderie between our teams, I just think is, is pretty special. And I, I could say that uh, to just about any other uh, program in our league as well. That, that's what makes the UMAC special. And uh, I just feel very fortunate that, um, that I'm a part of it. Coach, that's, that's one of the best stories I've ever heard inside the UMAC as far as coaching goes. Something I would have never known. So I'm really glad you took the time to share that here tonight. Yeah, we knew somewhat that you had a close relationship with coach Colin. I don't know, Ryan, I, I've asked everything I want to ask you tonight, coach, but I think Ryan was going to maybe talk a little bit more about that. So if you have anything, Ryan, go ahead. Otherwise I'm, I'm good at this point. Yeah, that was going to be my question is we've just heard rumblings over the last couple of years that you and coach call are, are somewhat close and you know, why and I have been at Northwestern for quite a while, recent graduates. So yeah, you, you just gave us a little inside look, but if you have uh, anything else to share on uh, Mr. Aaron call, uh, please feel free to do so. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I think I won't break any trust here. I, I, uh, um, there's probably some, some little things we can talk, maybe a pregame down at Northwestern sometime and, and, and share some of that in another setting would be fantastic. Uh, and, and coach call, he's, he's fantastic. And he's just one of, one of, uh, you know, um, seven other coaches in our league that I think are going to, that are, are great people. Uh, I've mentioned it before. We just have really great people in our league and, and even the the uh, new coaches to our league, Leah Down at, at Crown is going to do a fantastic job, um, and our, our league continues to improve, and, and the people are fantastic. I just look forward to uh, all the interactions we have throughout the year with with Aaron and with everybody else. So it's a it's a special place to be. There's no doubt about that. Well, we look forward to those uh, future conversations, Coach. And again, we can't thank you enough for joining us on the podcast. Really appreciate you taking some time out of your very busy schedule and uh, best of luck to your club this season. We're uh, looking forward to things getting started here real soon. I appreciate that. And thanks uh, to you guys for what you're doing. Uh, shedding some light on, on the UMAC athletics is, is fantastic. And 
Yeah, I know I speak for everybody. When there's things like this that you need, don't don't hesitate to reach out. I know that uh, everyone's here to uh, make this the best it can be. So whenever you need anything, let us know. Thanks so much, Coach. Really appreciate it. Best of luck again this season. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. So from one coach to the next, hanging over to the men's side of things now, we are joined by the Crown College Storm head coach, Luke Herbert. And coach, I got to start right there because you guys are the storm, but a year or two ago, you you made this decision or the school did to go with a polar bear as a mascot. What, what was the decision behind that? I'm just curious because there's some people out there that are still wondering what that's about. How long do you guys have? <laughs> as long as you want. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the, the long version could take me close to an hour. Um, I will say that it was a long and uh, circuitous route to get there. Um, I don't think if I had to guess that that, that brand is settled shall we say i think there there could be more tweaks and changes coming um and i will probably be best served to leave it at that that's so, that's fine <laughs> um, we, we, we've we've embraced it as much as we can and i, I will say this as, as a backstory when when crown rebranded the institution i think in 2011 um liked a lot of the things they did um you know, roots are some really sharp color scheme things. And, um, you know, the, the, the new logo is sharp with the crest. But there there was nothing done for athletics at the time. And so we were in a period of probably close to eight or nine years where we hadn't changed names, but we had no athletic mascot or word mark whatsoever. And so um, students, certainly student athletes, were, were kind of clambering for something. And um, they're... You know, obviously we've got a new president and, and some new administrators on campus um, currently, and there were some changes before that, and that kind of led to something, um, you know, getting getting pushed through. Um, and not that it's underdeveloped. I actually the the logo itself has really grown on me. I think from a design standpoint, it's really sharp. Um, I think we just are excited to to look at a more robust way of rolling it out, of describing it, of, of you know, utilizing it in our facilities, in our uniforms, things like that. So, yeah, there, there's more to come. I think we'll just put it at that. Coach, we don't have to tell you the season's coming fast approaching here, but what has these last few weeks been like for you guys to be in more of a normal rhythm, a normal practice schedule leading into a season? How's that been for your team? It's been really good, um, but it's also been really wild. Um, I think to, to have this many continuous days of practice, obviously taking a day off each week, but um, everybody's ready to play. And we open up a week from tomorrow, um, and I think our guys are ready to play now. The, the way it goes, a coach is never ready to start. They could always use another day of practice, another week of practice. Players think they're ready to play after two practices. And so you got to kind of find a happy medium. And I think we're all really glad that a few years ago the NCAA bumped up the start date of the season by a week because um, three weeks of practice straight is a lot of practice. Um, I, I, I can't even fathom how we got through a full month up until a few years ago. So yeah, the boys are ready. Um, it's been really, really nice to, to polish off some things. And obviously our conditioning is better. Um, you know, even, even with the shortened season last year, we were hit by a quarantine right before the start of conference play. Um, you know, our first game of the year was a non-conference over at Northwestern with you guys. Um, and we had 10 guys in quarantine. And so it was a kind of a makeshift lineup and we had a freshman wing playing as our backup five. Um, so it was really, you know, it was really hard. Um, but now just the conditioning guys are looking a lot sharper. Um, and so we're hoping that, like I said, a week from tomorrow that we'll be just really ready to go. Yeah. And coach, we'll, we'll revisit that at some point going back to last year and the different combinations that you use throughout the year and just the challenge with COVID and everything that it was. But for now, I'm going to ask some more questions to get to know you better because we also want to utilize that and let people get to know more about you. So the first one I got for you would be you pick up a big win, whether it's at home or on the road. I know on the road, I guess the team kind of already has that set meal in place, whatever that may be. But let's say you get a win at home. What would be the meal of choice that you want to eat after you pick up a big win? 
Oh, wow. Oh, that's a great one. Um, we've got a great Chinese buffet in town, and so I've definitely swung by there to get a to-go box before. Um, it, it's not a tradition by any means, but I love uh, root beer, and so it's nice to have a few back in the fridge in the office and, and you know, pop open a root beer or something after a nice win. So, um, yeah, definitely nothing that's tradition. Um, we actually probably have, have a better half of a joke, half not of a joke, but the, the coaching staff all has kind of a go-to meal after a tough loss more than a celebratory oh. <laughs> win. And so um, I think it was, I forget who we were playing, but last year we, we lost a tough one at home. And uh, my graduate assistant, Noah Kant, uh, who's just fantastic. He, he looks at us and he says, I'm going to McDonald's and I'm getting five McChickens. <laughs> and he's, he's not a big guy. So I don't know like how he was going to get through five McChickens, but I, I just pictured him sitting on the sidewalk in front of his apartment, just eating McChickens and just being real sad. So we, we, we get a little bit of that going. That's great. We like, we like stuff like that quite a bit. Coach, uh, as Wyatt mentioned, you guys had plenty of different guys getting opportunities last year. 13 different players in the starting lineup last year for you guys. What were the challenges of that, if you will, throughout the season, trying to get that rhythm? Because in the past, you guys have had some more consistency. A player like Tim Wendell, you know, not only one of the best players in your program's history, but one of the best players that we've seen in this conference over the last chunk of years versus what you had to transition to last year. What was what was that challenge like for you and your staff? Yeah, I mean, there's always going to be, you know, a big gaping hole. You know, I, I think Tim, and I think we'll have some more coming up. You know, I think Kyrie over there at Bethany will will, will be close, you know, if he doesn't even catch Tim, especially with that, that extra half year. And he was injured last year, but he's a heck of a player. But, you know, you, you replace a guy who scored 2,000 points, and, and you can kind of lock him in for 38-plus minutes a night, there's going to be some changes for sure. Um, and then we dealt with, you know, some quarantine issues. And then we had, um, you know, Cade Carroll got hurt in his first game. You know, had a great, you know, was making a great debut against Bethany. Um, I think he had like 20-some points in about 20 minutes. Pretty tough knee injury. You know, he only played one game the rest of the year. And then really for us it was, you know, a little bit of change at the guard position and, and Seth Royston was, was kind of a rock for us obviously throughout the year. Um, and, you know, he himself missed a little bit of time with quarantine early. But, uh, yeah, it was just kind of a rotating cast of characters on the wing and, and we, we did some by matchup and just really trying to find that right mix is always tough when, when you're replacing, you know, not just Tim but Gunner. Um, Tory, you know, the Ladine brothers. So, so some guys like that, that that had been kind of stalwarts in our lineup. Um, you know, we, we really, you know, we're, we're trying to find the right mix. And then when you get some key injuries too, that makes it even harder. So um, I think going into this year, you know, we, we have a really strong sense of not only maybe what a starting lineup looks like, but probably what a rotation looks like. Um, and so that, that, that's been a group that's been really strong for us early in practice and um, we had a little inner squad event last night, you know, more just to help our stat crew and the clock operators get trained in than, than anything that we needed. But it was nice to play in more of a game setting. And um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to, you know, a little bit more consistency. Lord willing, we stay healthy and, and stay out of quarantine and things like that. I think we should have a pretty consistent group. One last thing, Coach, real quick on last season for you guys. You play your last game of the season late in February, do you think you found something that night against Northwestern? You guys able to take down the Eagles who eventually, as you know, win the conference by 14 points in that one. Do you think maybe that the combination that you could be using heading into this season and you guys can build off of that momentum from the end of last year? I, I really hope so. Obviously, I mean, Northwestern's been the class of the UMAC for well, you know, a decade plus. And so that's kind of a target. And as another Christian school, obviously we recruit a lot of the same guys. We see each other a lot of the same events and, you know, very familiar. And so that's always a, you know, a nice feather in your cap when, when you're able to beat a top team in your conference. And um, going into that game, we were finally healthy. Um, you know, even in that game, Carrie Carroll was probably only about 75%. You know, he'd coming off that knee injury little bit of a minutes limitation, although we kind of pushed that, if I'm being honest, um, because of how effective he was. But um, yeah, we felt like we were healthy. We felt like we were finally starting to kind of hit our stride. And obviously, 
you want to be playing well going into the conference tournament and you know finish the the league season at four and four we really felt like we could you know we could play with scholastica we could play obviously with really anybody in the league and then to have you know the the dreaded positive test result come back um and for what it's worth it did turn out to be a false positive because that poor guy ended up getting covid like a month later after that but yeah to watch the conference title game you know in your in your own home all separated from quarantine and then um you know that was it it made it it was a tough pill to swallow we'll say that so yeah looking into this year we feel like um you know we've got a a lot of the core of that group that was really successful in that game back um and we feel like some of our young guys that, that played in that game have really really um, taken steps forward this off season and have looked really sharp um, in in this this first two week window of preseason. So yeah, we're we're looking forward to the start of the season and like you said, hopefully some of that normalcy and that normal ebb and flow of a season as guys kind of get better and they learn through non conference and you know that that late mid December timeline when you start conference play, you know, definitely circled on our calendars. Yeah, and Coach, I, I won't spend time talking about COVID by any means, but that's disappointing to hear, obviously, and that, that is really too bad. That's been one of my biggest frustrations with this whole thing is you just never know for sure if guys have it or not with the testing. And so hopefully we don't have to deal with that going into this year, and it can be more of a normal feel and teams can have those full slate of games. I want to ask you something getting back off the court now before hopping on the podcast here tonight. You mentioned you couldn't give us any insight on the Minnesota Wild, so I got to know. Is there a sport you enjoy watching more than the rest? I mean, it's Thursday night when we're recording this right now. I got Green Bay and Arizona on here in front of me. You a football fan, basketball guy? What 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 do you like watching? So growing up, you know, that All-American football, basketball, baseball, um, when I was, you know, in college, when I was in the dorms, you know, I, I, I couldn't just tell you where everybody went to college from the Minnesota Vikings. I could tell you what number they wore. Um, and so I was, you know, grew up watching Michigan football on Saturdays on, uh, what is it, ABC, I think has, uh, has, has Michigan on um, in the Midwest. But somewhere along the way, and I, don't, I, I can't necessarily pinpoint a date or a time, I became just a rabid soccer fan. And so now I haven't watched a full NFL game, even including the Super Bowl, in probably five years. Um, I barely watch the NBA you know maybe if I happen to flip it on in the playoffs and it's the last two three minutes I'll watch but zero interest there I'd rather watch film of the UMAC than than some NBA teams um, which definitely draws the ire of my players um, because I give them a hard time about NBA (laughs) stuff Um, I've actually jokingly started calling football American football just to rile up our football players (laughs) and the football you know a little bit I have some fun with it but I am a massive fan of Crystal Palace who play in the Premier League. And so that's, that's a, almost 100% of my fandom is dedicated to, um, to English Premier League soccer, specifically Crystal Palace. Um, and that's, yeah, it's kind of goofy, but uh, that, that's where I ended up as a fan. Well, that is not at all how I thought that was going to go when you started (laughs) that sentence. But going off of that, I just got to know really quick, if you're a Premier League guy, the big new show going on right now is Ted Lasso. I have yet to watch it. I don't know if you're aware of it or have watched it, but is that something that you'd be interested in or would recommend if you have seen it? I I would recommend it. And even if you're not a soccer fan, it's just, you know, they they say it's got a lot of heart. Um, And so, yeah, I I, I did enjoy it. Now, I will say this. it, It is a... It is replicating and it is referencing British culture, soccer culture. Um, and from a few of the guys from overseas that we've had, whether it be on our soccer team at Crown, which of course I coached for five years up until this year, um, and some things like that, can be a little bit crass. There, 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 there can be some, we'll say some swears uh, in there. And so definitely not uh, for the faint heart. It's not, it's not terrible. It's not completely crude. Um, but the, it is a show that has a lot of heart. Ted Lasso is a great character. Um, and really, for any team, for any leader, captains, you, you, you can gain a lot. Obviously, it's done through the, the lens of comedy. Um, but yeah, it's not just going to be soccer wall-to-wall. So if you don't care about that, I think you could still get some enjoyment uh, out of Ted Lasso. That sounds like a pretty good endorsement to me for the show. I'm going to have to uh, check that out at some point. 
Coach, when people watch your squad this year, whether it's at the Wild Athletic Center or they're watching a stream, what do you want them to see out of your squad as far as an identity goes? And if you can do it in three or four words and people can walk away from the gym and say, you know what, I know this is what I'm going to see this year from Crown College men's basketball, what what would you want them to say? Wow, that's a great question. Um, we actually partly had that conversation today at the end of practice, just talking about, I like to talk about kind of the phases of the season, but even a preseason, you know, you're getting in shape, you're starting to do that. Um, then you're starting to learn your stuff. You're starting to get really comfortable and have it be second nature. And then hopefully that last week or that last push before the season, you're really locking into your character and, and then the culture of your program on the court. Obviously culture year round is a big part of, of who we are as a program. Um, but you know, that, that character of your team, that DNA of your team really has to start to come out. And so for us, you know, we really talk about tenacity, um, especially on the defensive end and on the glass, that just has to be something we play with. Um, you know, long gone for us are the days where you can say, well, Tim's going to get you 25 and 10 <laughs> and we'll figure it out from there. No, we, we, we've got to have a, a team effort on the glass. Um, we've got to have a team effort, you know, scoring the basketball. But um, I, I, I think it's funny how sometimes coaches, and I'm not going to, you know, give you our playbook or anything over the, over the pod, but sometimes you met coaches play things really close to the vest. And my comment is always, by the time we play, you're going to have played eight or nine games. All of those are going to be available to us on Synergy. So I'm going to watch literally every game your team has played. You don't have to keep secrets from me. Like I'm not going to get something out of a conversation at a recruiting <laughs> event or at a coach's meeting. And um, not, I mean, it's, it's more of a joke than anything. But um, yeah, there, there's a few coaches that just don't like to talk about or, or they like to try to get information from you. And I always think you're going to watch the film. You're going to see exactly who we are by the time conference play gets there. So, um, you know, we've done some unique things defensively at the end of last season. And so um, we've never been, and, and I'm not necessarily ashamed to say it, we have always been an offensive-oriented team. Um, try to score a lot of points, probably going to give up a lot of points. And so sometimes the answer is just more offense. And that's kind of been who we are as a team. Um, but But I think this year... We're going to be at least 50-50, if not leaning more towards that defensive end. So for our guys, you know, it's going to be about, um, you know, really playing a team brand of basketball, you know, talking about things like next man, um, talking about things like do more, you know, really a lot of effort and energy on that defensive end, which will be something new for teams that have watched us over the years. Hopefully it's a positive surprise. Um, if teams come out and see us playing some defense, that, that's going to be a good thing. Um, but then for us, we just have such a, a good group of guys. We really share the ball. Um, and when we're going good offensively, it's a lot of fun. Everybody gets involved. Um, and so I, I'm hoping that when teams watch us, they see a group that's having a lot of fun. They see a group that's playing with a ton of tenacity. Um, and those are probably the two big things, I think, that, that really make us go because they fit with our personality. You know, I think when a team, you know, the personality of the group matters in, in how you play. And so if, if we can kind of, play to our personality, have a lot of fun sharing the ball, being together, playing with a lot of tenacity on the other end. You know, that's what we're looking for. Yeah, Coach, when we released our men's preview episode for the conference, and feel free to check that out if you want. It was a week ago. One of the things we talked about was defense as a whole in the conference and how we feel like that's going to be such a big piece for all these teams because all you guys can score, but it's kind of that defensive piece for all these teams that we're, we're interested in. So I think that'll help you guys down the road for sure. I, I'm kind of coming up with these questions on the fly, so th this is going to be an interesting one for you. First, I need to know right off the bat, are, are you currently, are, are you married? Yes. Okay. Hypothetically, let's say you meet your wife for the first time back and maybe you have a story about how you two might feel free to share it if you want. What would be your icebreaker that you could give out to some people that are, you know, Ryan's single, not to call you out or anything, <laughs> Ryan, but maybe some people who are single are listening. What would be a good icebreaker you maybe have? Oh, wow. So I like to tell a story when we're recruiting um, that we like to be full service coaches. And we had a player, I won't name him because I don't want to embarrass him, but he graduated four or five years ago and really bad with the ladies. Really bad at it. I'm just not going to lie. Dude, dude had zero game. A lot, lot of game on the court, zero game off the court. And so a girl actually asked him on a date and he was really excited, but he came to myself and Coach Singh 
and said, I have no idea what to do. So we basically planned this dude's first date for him, really, really trying to help him. And he and that girl are now married. So I'm not promising, wow. that we can, you know, but we have a really good track record where we're batting a high percentage. Um, and so, yeah, no, for me, my wife, and I love to tell the story, we actually, our 13 year anniversary was just a few days ago on the 25th. Mm. Congratulations. Um, yeah, thank you. We, we met at school at MSU Moorhead, both ed majors, and she walked into a class and get, she, she got into the class a few days late and there was one seat available and we, we had kind of these little tables that, that sat two people. Um, and so she had to come sit next to me and she was mortified. Um, cause she only knew, she only knew two things about me. One was that we had a class together the year before and I had had the gall to participate in class. So she kind of thought I was a know-it-all, uh, which is tough, which is tough. Um, but then I also had, um, I played rugby in college. Um, so there's another interesting twist for you, but was, was not a basketball guy in college, was a rugby guy. And, uh, so I had a rugby sweatshirt on and she had a thought in her mind about who rugby players were and to be fair by and large she wasn't wrong like that was a fair assessment of, of rugby players in general but I kind of broke the mold from that group didn't necessarily partake and participate in some of the things that, that are, are classically attributed to rugby players and rugby culture and so she she here she got into class late and had to sit next to this know-it-all rugby guy and she was mortified so I swear for the first two weeks she sat with you know, the arm next to me up on like the side of her head. So she didn't even have to look at me. Um, and the way I tell the story is I say, then we had three kids. And so obviously there were some steps in between there, <laughs> but I just jumped to the end and said, yeah, then we had three kids and it was all good. So, um, but yeah, no, for an icebreaker, I, I think with where our culture is now and, and what we've identified with our players over the past few years. And it's funny because our group now is nothing like this, but three, four years ago, those boys couldn't talk to a girl if you gave them a $50 bill. They were terrified. No, I'm just going to follow them on Instagram. I'm just going to like a bunch of their photos. Dude, really? Like the, the bar, you guys, right now is not super high. If you're willing to just be genuine and just talk to a girl, that's like seven-eighths. It's not even half the battle. It's like seven-eighths of the battle. Um, you know, you, you've got a real shot just by being willing to talk to a girl. And so, um, yeah, I'll, I'll just throw that out there. I'll, I'm not accusing anybody of anything, but... Um, if, if more guys would be willing just to, just to break the ice with a hi, my name is so-and-so good to meet you. That, that, that goes a long way. That goes a long way. So, um, our, our boys now definitely don't have any trouble with that. I'll, I'll put it that way. We were expecting some uh, wisdom from your coach tonight as far as the X's and O's go, but it's going a lot farther than that. And I did not know that Wyatt was going to bring that up either. So no, that's fantastic. I just, I just got one more for you, coach, kind of getting back onto the court, if you will. For someone, you know, like Wyatt and I, we've watched plenty of UMAC basketball over the last chunk of years, but maybe for someone who's newer to the conference, trying to get more into what's going on in the UMAC this season, what would you tell them that they can expect from this league? And what's kind of your perception of the UMAC? It maybe doesn't get the most love nationally, but how would you describe the play specifically in men's basketball in this conference? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I think... You know, without being, you know, without underselling the UMAC, I think if you go and certainly in our region, man, there's some good, there's some good basketball. Um, you know, the WIAC, all those state schools, really tough league. Obviously, the MIAC is an excellent league, been around a long time. Um, and so I, I think what, what you would see maybe comparing some of those other leagues, some of those other schools to the UMAC is I think at the top end of each UMAC roster, You've got some guys that, that can really, really play. Um, you know, I look at a Noah Alm. That dude steps across half court, and you've got to have a hand up. I look <laughs> at, you know, all the way through, there's some really good, you know, Kyrie is as dynamic a guard as you're going to find. And I think what maybe sets some of those guys apart just in the numbers they put up and what they're able to do, and even going back to a Tim Wendell, is a lot of time those guys have a ton of opportunity maybe at a UMAC school that they maybe wouldn't have, or, or maybe there's some really skilled, really great players in our league that because they've landed where they've landed, they're just put in a really great position to be successful. And so I think that's a credit to our coaches. A lot of times really put guys in a position to succeed. Um, I think too, when, when you look at our league, I think there's a lot of really great 
chess matches that go on at the coaching level. Um, it's not just about, you know, I, I think, and I'm not going to name any names, but, you know, there, there are teams that, that have guys on them, you know, turning down multiple full rides, and then they go play in the Mayak. And, and there's different reasons for that. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. But, you know, you, you get a little bit of a different brand of player. And I think the, the coaches in our league working with, again, some of the really highly skilled players we have, but then, okay, I've got a bunch of, maybe it's blue-collar guys. Maybe it's really quick guards, but they're a little bit smaller. Maybe it's a guys who can shoot it, but they're a little slow-footed. Maybe it's guys who are big and physical, but they're a little bit under-skilled. You know, those different dynamics that you have on every roster throughout the league, how do those coaches build around? What do they do as a group? And I think year to year, seeing some of the adjustments that have been made, seeing you know, some of the work that goes into to game planning, game to game. Um, you know, we have, we have a bunch of games every year that we know that we've really got to be on our toes because Scott at Northland is going to come up with something great, you know, to, to, to run at us. Or, you know, Northwestern, what are they going to do? Well, you know, what, what, what adjustments are they going to make to combat what we do? You know, what is Bethany going to do with their ball screen stuff a couple years ago? Um, so all of those, all of those questions going into every game, and I think you get some really well-coached teams. And then I think from a from an entertainment value, from a skill level, you, you look at some of the kids in our league, and there can be some really awesome performances because you've got some really skilled players. Um, and and on any given night, you could just have a monster performance. And sometimes it's expected, sometimes it's not. Um, I think back to last season. I think it was last season. Um, Morris and Bethany and Dylan Hyder goes for like forty. And, and Morris just absolutely smashed Bethany. And that was, you know, no, no offense to Bethany, obviously telling the story, or Morris, but that was a little bit of a shock result. And you can get that because you have maybe, you know, Coach, Coach Grove came up with a great game plan and Dylan Hyder had an awesome game and they have the ability to do that. And so I think even when you look at this year, man, our league top to bottom is going to be really, really competitive. Really, really competitive. And I think if you look at some of the results, even for the teams that maybe are, are a little bit lower in the preseason poll, they're always close games. They're always close games. You know, you, you, you go to these places and you know you are in for a battle. It doesn't matter if the team's 0-6 or 4-2 and or wherever they fall. It is going to be an absolute war. And so there are no easy outs. Um, I think it's some really entertaining basketball. And, and I think at the top end of our conference, and you've seen this, you know, how many times has a UMAC team beaten uh, a Mayak team on their home floor to open the first round of the national tournament? It's happened four or five times in the last eight to nine years, something like that. I know Northwestern's gotten a couple. Obviously, Bethany goes to St. John's and wins. And so um, that's, that's really exciting. And I think some of, that, some of that gap maybe that is perceived around the state is really closing and not just in men's basketball, but really across the whole UMAC, which is really fun to see. Well, that's great stuff, Coach. I've said for years that Division Three basketball, no matter what the conference is, is a high level of play. And I think people are starting to realize it more and more over the years. And especially in the UMAC, like you said, when you go to these NCAA tournaments and you have multiple teams winning games and making appearances and making runs. So, no, great, great stuff with that, Coach. We'll, we'll let you go. We appreciate you being willing to sit down, take some time tonight chat about the upcoming season we're hoping it's a good year for you guys and best of luck here as hopefully a covid free year for everybody as i said and everything can kind of get back to normal and uh we're, we're always here if you have any information you want to share with us and uh, moving forward about the team feel free to reach out yeah no i i, I really enjoyed it love what you guys are doing and would love to I don't know, mid-season catch-up, or you know, feel free to reach back out. Like I said, I really enjoyed it. And I just, before I leave, and you can feel free to cut this when, 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 when you go live. <laughs> we'll uh, see. I have, to, I, have to, I have to go on the record about something, okay? Wyatt. Yeah? All-time all -time leader in walks. Correct? Yeah, that's, question? that's me. <laughs> okay. So I, I just want to say on, you know, on air or live or you know, put it on the record that that strike zone in that crown game was brutal. Oh, Absolutely you're you're brutal, preaching so, to the preaching to the choir. Yeah, no. So I was I was sitting I was sitting in the booth doing some play by play, helping out, and at least two, if not three, of those were six inches below the knee, and you got rung up. And so I just want to say, you know, giving you your due, all time walks here. Obviously, a good eye at the plates, just to have an independent source be able to tell the world that 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 I can't be on you that was definitely not on you so and to be fair it was it was equal i mean owen was getting those same calls but yeah that was that was tough for the batters that day
It, it certainly was, and I think that's that played a little bit into why it was such a low-scoring game, considering that both both us and Crown had some explosive offenses. So, but yeah, I appreciate no, you when, saying that. Yeah, you know, like I said, sometimes it's nice to hear it from an independent source. <laughs> no, a- absolutely, Coach. Uh, seriously, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate it. Best of luck this year, and we'll we'll definitely be in touch. All right, thanks, guys. We'll talk to you later. Yep, thanks, Coach. We appreciate both coaches joining us here tonight on the Unlike Any Other, the UMAC podcast, but we've got plenty more to say, Ryan, here now is when we're going to get out a few big things we want to talk about leading up to this opening weekend of action. Why don't we start with the three big storylines to keep an eye on here going into this opening weekend of play, Ryan, and I'll let you take a crack at the first one and talk a little bit about what we're looking at here. Yeah, why in our men's preview, we talked about how Kyrie Mayfield and Brian Smith can coexist in the Bethany Lutheran Vikings offense this season. We'll get an early look at it Saturday night at Central, their season opener. And we always say in sports wide, especially early in the season, oh, don't read into it too much, especially a non-conference matchup. But these guys didn't get much playing time together last year. Getting a couple of weeks of practice under their belt, how do they look under the bright lights for the first time, if you will? I'm interested to see how that one goes for the Vikings, and specifically for those two, as we go box score hunting after that one, how do they perform Saturday night on the road to open their season? Yeah, I I have to agree. I think that was a no-brainer for us when we were looking at this and saying what should be the three big things to keep an eye on. I mean, I said Smith is going to be my preseason player to win the Conference of the Year, Player of the Year award in the conference. And with Kyrie back, how will they coexist, as you said? And we're assuming, obviously, they're both healthy. We have no reason to otherwise think so. So we're expecting full games out of both of them, and we'll see how that goes. So that is definitely something we're keeping an eye on. What did you put down for number two? Yeah, number two, two of the top-tier teams, if you will, on the men's side, in Northwestern and North Central, both on the road, both at the Milwaukee School of Engineering this weekend. North Central playing them first on Friday night, and then Northwestern taking on the Raiders on Saturday night. A good early indication, Wyatt, to kind of compare these two clubs who we think are going to be vying for the UMAC title down the stretch. And again, you can say, oh, don't put too much stock into it. We have a common opponent between North Central and Northwestern right off the bat, back-to-back nights. I think that's pretty unique. So excited to see how those matchups go for the Eagles and the Rams. Yeah, I'm trying to think back, Ryan, and not that I have a great memory when it comes to this kind of stuff, but it's not very often a team plays two straight games against UMAC opponents like that. So we get a chance to see where both these teams are at. Well, and they actually, now that I'm looking at the schedule here, Wyatt, The last full season we had, 2019-2020, the Milwaukee School of Engineering was at Northwestern and then at North Central back-to-back days, so they're they're doing the same thing. Yeah, (laughs) wonder how that works. It's like a home-and-home series almost with both teams. And for the record, two years ago, they beat Northwestern and North Central. So the Rams and the Eagles have revenge on their mind, UMAC versus the NACC Conference, Doing battle once again this year. It's good to be back, I guess. I guess that means it's normalcy. There's your storyline right there. (laughs) Revenge games for both the Rams and the Eagles leading up to the opening weekend. And I'm going to challenge both of them. If they're listening, any players or coaches from those squads, I want to see which team's going to put together the more impressive performance. I mean, I'm not just talking about getting the win. I want to see a big-time win from both these squads because we're going to, as you said, Ryan, we're going to overanalyze everything and put in who should be the favorite after this first game and all that stuff. And you know what? This could decide everything. No, I'm kidding, obviously. But (laughs) I I am interested to see how they both compete against the same team on back-to-back days, though. So that'll definitely be something to keep an eye on here in this opening weekend. And, of course, all those great players from both those teams, how they perform in the first game of the season. There's just something different about the first time you step on the floor for a new season, so I'll be interested to keep an eye on that. Number three storyline, we're switching over to the women's side of things here, Ryan. What do you got for us? Yeah, on the women's side of things, there are three UMAC versus MIAC matchups. Starting off Friday night, Minnesota Morris hosting Concordia. That's the Cobbers, one of the great mascots in all the Division Three <laughs> athletics. Well, And then... What you you disagree? I, I might disagree a little bit, but you All could right. you could continue anyways. Moving on, also on Friday night, 
Martin Luther hosting McAllister as that second UMAC versus Mayak matchup on Friday. And then that third one, Bethany Lutheran, who many are picking, including Wyatt and myself in our Women's Preview Podcast, to win the conference this season, starts off their 2021-22 campaign on the road Saturday night at Carleton, that one taking place in Northfield. And why, interestingly enough, the last time we had a normal season, Bethany Lutheran hosted Carleton in 2019-20 and beat them in a tight one, 73-67. We know Bethany's got many of the same players back from that historic club two seasons ago that won an NCAA tournament game. Lots of expectations for that club. How do they look coming out of the gate, if you will, in a tight Difficult matchup potentially on the road against the Mayak club. Interested to see how that one goes. Yeah, I mean, you talked about revenge games for Northwestern and North Central on the men's side. This is the one on the women's side for Carleton, though, a non-UMAC team. You know, I always say, Ryan, the UMAC owns the Mayak when it comes to postseason play. It's not necessarily the case when they meet in the regular season. So we'll see how those three teams fare in this opening week. But if I had to make a prediction just looking at it, I'd say... Let's go, what, two out of three? Something like that? I think that's doable, yeah. I, I think that's definitely doable. Get two out of three uh, to to open up the UMAC versus the Mayak. That should be something we actually keep track of moving forward. That's a note to self. We're going to keep track of the UMAC and Mayak record against each other and determine which conference is better. So You we- brought it up so you can do the homework on that. Okay. You so, can keep yeah, track I'll, of that. <laughs> I'll, put, I'll put that on myself to, to take care of that, but... Uh, yeah, so those are the three storylines of this opening weekend of play that me and Ryan are keeping an eye on, and we believe you should as well. And you know what? Not that we're going to run out of ideas for storylines, Ryan, but if somebody wants to throw one in or if they have an interesting fact or something that they feel like we should be keeping an eye on leading up to a game or they want to make themselves heard, as always, the email's open, uao the umac at gmail.com. You can also DM us on Twitter. Just search unlike any other, the UMAC. We'll take suggestions. We're always open to ideas, and we want to make this interactive, so feel free to reach out. So now moving on here, Ryan, we're actually going to do something else here as we keep things moving along here as we wind down this fourth episode of our podcast, and we're going to take a look at a team slash game of the week on both the men's and the women's side of things, and the reason I say that is because we're not necessarily looking at just the team and their one particular matchup, but sometimes they'll be having multiple games in a week-in, week-out basis, and we're looking to see how they're going to perform. Let's do ladies first on the women's side of things. You kind of talked about this team already earlier on here in the night, not that long ago, actually. Why don't you talk a little bit about what we decided for the team slash matchup that we're intrigued about this week? Yeah, again, I, I tip my hand a little bit on that one, but uh, Bethany, the big matchup at Carleton, those two squads meeting again. A UMAC squad, Adamayak squad, lots of hype for the Vikings heading into this season. An early road test to kick off their 2021 campaign. These clubs have some history. How does Bethany look? Specifically, how does Hannah Geisfeld look, Wyatt? We both picked her as the player of the year in our preseason predictions. Can she put up a double-double, a big performance on the road against Carleton? And how do they look coming out of the gate here on Saturday night? thinking Luca Garza numbers when you know you're just yeah. putting up 50 and 20 or whatever no no that's that's, that's your prediction 50 that's, that's, points and 20 boards for Geisfeld Saturday night in Northfield wow no, nope don't quote me on that one <laughs> for all we know she maybe will have a little bit of a slower game because Carlton will probably be so focused in on her too I mean you have all this hype coming off of back-to-back UMAC player of the year awards you averaged 25 points a game last year Carlton is going to be well aware of where she is on the floor but as the saying goes, Wyatt, easier said than done to stop her. I mean, it's I, one I thing understand. to simulate it in practice when the bright lights are on and you got to slow her down. It's a lot more difficult than it looks on the scouting report. I certainly understand. I just think early in the season, you have a better chance of doing that than when they once find their groove, if you will, as the season kind of progresses. So that will be something to keep an eye on. And yeah, I think that'll be a big game that UMAC Mayak battle, if you will, against those two teams. Should be fun to keep an eye on and see how that one shapes up. If we move over to the men's side now, we got a team that's going to be playing two games here going into this opening weekend. And why don't you talk a little bit about who I'm who I'm, who I'm referring to here? Yeah, there's multiple teams in the UMAC, Wyatt, that are starting off their season with a game on Friday the 5th and on Saturday the 6th as well. 
One of those squads, the Martin Luther Knights. They will host Beloit Friday night in New Ulm on campus for Martin Luther. And then a quick turnaround Saturday the 6th, an afternoon tilt hosting Lakeland. So back-to-back matchups early in the season for Martin Luther. If you listen to our men's preview pod, you know I'm high on the Knights. Wyatt thinks I may be a little too high on them. We'll see when the dust settles. But uh, Well, and the preseason <laughs> polls did come out now for both yep. the men and the women's side. I forget where the coaches put Martin Luther, but I think they, they had him in – they either had him six or seven. So they did have I think them. they I think they were seven, but I will have yeah. the answer very quickly here. And yeah, you can compare ours to theirs and see whose you like better, if you will. But uh, it's all just guessing at this point. In the preseason coaches, Paul Martin Luther is indeed number seven out of eight. About, about where we had him. So, I mean, I had him at four. Had him obviously so. <laughs> up at four. But um, I mean, hey, you're going to be the one everybody's going to be like, man, he called it when it happens. But right now, you're obviously going to be in the minority. So Don't make me look bad nights. If you're listening to this, and if you're a fan even of Martin Luther, get down to the gym Friday night, Saturday afternoon. It's hoop season. You got a lot of returners. Give them some love, all right? We need to see some good basketball this weekend in New Ulm. Ryan Mitchell calling the Knights fans out right now saying if you don't show up. You know up, I love to call out the fans, all the fans. <laughs> We're going to have to get some pictures. We're going to have to have one of our inside sources <laughs> taking pictures for us, letting us know who's all showing up. Uh, yeah, no, that, that'll be a team to keep an eye on, two games. And I like that we were able to find a team that's got two important games to see how they're going to look early in the year. Obviously, we could say this about every single team with this opening weekend, though, Ryan. We're interested in taking a look at what everybody's going to provide. The season is finally here, just a couple days away from when people are going to be listening to this. Obviously, on Wednesday, November 3rd is when this one was released. It's just going to be a lot of fun. I'm ready to get after it and watch these teams compete and get after it. So it should be a lot of fun. With that, Ryan, if you don't have anything else to say, I think we can go ahead and sign off for this edition of the Unlike Any Other, the UMAC podcast. As always, be sure to download our episodes so you can listen anytime, anywhere. Subscribe. Give us a rating if you want, even if it's not a five-star rating. I mean, we'll take any feedback or rating that we can get from you. Make sure to email us if you have any questions, comments, or concerns. UAO the UMAC at gmail.com. We're on Twitter. Just search unlike any other, the UMAC. But yeah, we are excited to continue this moving forward. We're gaining a little bit of traction, which is exciting. Again, a special thanks to Coach Grove and Coach Herbert for taking some time to come on our podcast this week. We're once again going to be in the works to get one or two more special guests for our next episode and really looking forward to continue to making this a big thing. So with that, we appreciate everybody tuning in and listening, and we'll catch you next time on the Unlike Any Other, the UMAC podcast.